We're joined on a sports talk now by the man behind Fox Sport Cricket Commentary and the hugely popular, successful and bloody good Howie Games podcast. Mark Howard joins us. A very good day to you, sir. I trust you well. And from now on in, the hostilities commence. I can't be your friend anymore until we get over the game on Monday morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm surprised myself that I've taken your call because I've, I've shut down the whole of New Zealand as a country um, for the next three days. Um, but it's it's fantastic, isn't it? I Surely someone is putting a bid through, and it's lovely to speak to you and your audience, mate. Surely someone is putting a bid through to move the game earlier. Australia playing New Zealand. It was obviously the day slot, which was the 9am start, a 9pm start here. And then the final for us is a 1am start, surely they're going to move the game earlier, aren't they, to, to cater for the Southern uh, Hemisphere audience? What, you're complaining about getting up at one? Try three in the morning, Howie. Yeah, well, but but <laughs> therefore, you would only have to get up at one. The game would start at midnight for you. One. I don't think time maths is our strong point, but it doesn't matter. Right. Whatever happens out there, it's a trans-Tasman clash. Uh, we talked about New Zealand trying to make it right after being beaten in the World Cup final by England. They did. Can they do the same trick looking back to 2015? Slightly different lineups, but it's still with there pulsating, I'm sure, in the, in the consciousness of the New Zealand team. Now, I haven't seen the odds. Who do you reckon goes in as favourites? It's a fascinating one. Someone asked me that this morning, and I went for New Zealand because you just like if you look at the lineups on paper and, and you were just picking two teams and they weren't representing a country, I think you'd have more Australians in your eleven than Kiwis. Maybe I'm biased, but if I'm picking a team of eleven a unit, I'm picking New Zealand. That's great to hear, and I might cut that and play it on loop, um, depending on how things go. Look, what about the strengths of them coming out of both of their semi-finals match? I'm of the opinion that the team that makes the least mistakes wins, because we saw some sloppy performances on both sides from all four teams in those semis. The right teams did win, but it's on a knife edge. It doesn't take much to drop the ball, literally or figuratively. Yeah, and it was really interesting because England and Pakistan have been the two best teams in the tournament because they have been the most attacking. They have gone so hard in the power plays, but then they haven't taken their foot off in that middle period, sort of over 7 to 14. And you watch both games. Pakistan, yes, they hadn't lost any wickets, but they just weren't going as hard. They just didn't seem as free-wheeling as they had been in the lead-up games where they'd been undefeated. And, and same with England. Obviously, they didn't have Roy at the top of the order. So I was surprised they didn't go harder, but that, that's the pressure of finals. Um, New Zealand, you know, what was it, 50-odd off the last four was extraordinary. And then Australia with, with 62 off the last five. Uh, but as you said, a couple of mistakes in the final last night. Uh, there was the drop catch off Matty Wade. Does that turn the game? It becomes a lot tighter. And then he hits the next three balls for six. So, yeah, mistakes have been prevalent. How Australia got through that opening spell of Afridi, he knocked over Finch, he nearly got Marsh, he, he was bowling the Wazim Akram, sort of 150 kilometre hour in-swing, it was extraordinary, it was a brilliant, both finals, both semi-finals were fantastic, weren't they? They were really worth staying up for, and they will be again this Monday come final time. Mm -hmm. Mark Howard joins us, Fox Sport cricket commentator. I've uh, just quickly looked it up, the nature of the internet. Uh, the Aussies are favourites, $1.65 over okay. here to New Zealand, $2.15. Of course, New Zealand mm -hmm. have lost the services of Devin Conway after he broke mm -hmm. his hand by striking his bat. Now, talk about an innocuous way to get yourself knocked out of a competition. That's gutting. Yeah, it's, it, it takes me back to a man that will play a huge key for Australia at number three. Mitch Marsh did it in a shield game a couple of years ago, got out, 
and then banged his fist into the wall, traditionally what we do here. I don't know why you guys are punching bats. And, and that cost him a potential test spot. So um, we were speaking before you, you came on air. So Conway, who comes in for him? Well, Seifert will probably replace him, but come further down the order. I expect Phillips will probably uh, move up to cover his spot, and maybe even niche him as well. So I, I don't. Seifert can bat, uh, but of course he's not been batting at all so far, and that's the danger. I suppose that's the positive, Mark Howard, about uh, your side yeah. and the fact you got Stoinis and Wade actually got to get out there in the middle and flex their muscle a wee bit, which they they, they really needed to do. They haven't played a huge part so far, have they not? No, and that was the scary bit coming in, mate. When the Aussies were five for needing whatever they needed, Way just, you know, he's come in for a couple of balls at the end. Stoinis hasn't really had many opportunities. So when Matt, like to be completely honest with you, when Maxwell fell, I thought, oh, no, and it was a reverse sweep. And, you know, he plays it so well. It didn't work out last night, the switch hit. But when he fell, I was thinking, oh, geez, we are right up against it here. But... Wade, you know, two of those last three sixes were ramp shots. They are incredible shots. That bloke's bowling nearly 150. So you're hoping that he bowls the full Yorker. If he doesn't, you could easily get filled in. You know, you're on your knees and you get a a regulation length delivery. It's copying you right in the head. So it's going to be a fascinating contest. Guptal, to me, holds a massive key. He's, you know, the last couple of years when he is fired, he's not a 50 off. 40 or 50 off 30 man you know he's he's a 80 off 35 type operator so he holds a massive key for me for for your side of it i think for the australian zampa holds the key one for 22 last night off his four he's been you know we talk about the big quicks but zampa's been extraordinary in those middle overs gets wickets and no one's can score off him at the moment so they're the two keys to me what about you yeah oh well i'm just thinking about how unpopular this game is going to be more the point with the, the keys to winning and losing is anyone going to be there watching it when you consider that we're over in the middle east and it's a it's a trans-Tasman final. And, and you're right about Guptill. He's one of the keys. But Bolt didn't play particularly well in that semi-final. So I expect to see him stand up again. Same with Southie. And hopefully Santner will actually get more time in the middle. But they protected Santner to a degree uh, with the ball. And that's the whole thing about working out combinations. That's the the, the, match, the match-ups, I think, is the, the buzzword these days. Yeah, there was a fascinating article here. And the, the, the umpire's name is going to escape me now. You might have it on the tip of your tongue. Uh, a famed cricket journalist here by the name of Robert Crash Craddock, um, long-term outstanding Australian cricket journalist. He interviewed one of the panel of umpires. Oh, the name will come to me. Anyway, he, and he was talking about whenever he umpires New Zealand games, the respect that he is shown so if he get, makes a wrong decision, he was saying the Kiwis get around him and say, yeah, don't worry about it, you'll get the next one right. There's never any animosity. There's never any disputes when he gives one out or doesn't give one out. And he says the respect they have for him on the umpiring panel as well as the opposition, he reckons that's the key to the success of New Zealand cricket because they are so respectful and they are so tight as a unit and they play the game in such a wonderful, wonderful manner that he, he was of the opinion that's why they had so much success. So... You know, I obviously want Australia to win. Don't get me wrong. I hope the Aussies win. But, you know, what you guys have done, you've won the ICC World Test Championship. For for the failure of an overthrow off Stokes's bat, you're the 50-over world champions. And now you're in a T20 World Cup final. It's credit to the long line of cricketers. And people always bring it back to Brendan McCullum and the way he tried to bring such a respectful, all-black approach to New Zealand cricket. You guys always had it, but it seems to be that that situation where there's just so much joy in the way New Zealand plays cricket that it's hard to be cheering against him in this particular instance. I will. I'll find a way to do it. But, um, 
you know, New Zealand deserves so much success because the way they play the game. Yeah, and it was Bruce Oxenford you're talking and about. It. Yeah, Bruce Oxenford. And, sorry, mate. Yeah. Talking about controlling their controllables and not yes. letting things that they can't change affect them at all. I think it was a really great comment made by Bruce. Hey, best of luck for you in all honesty, Mark. It's going to be a fantastic game. May the best team win. Love to have a trans-Tasman competition in the middle of the desert. Thanks very much for your time. And if you're keen to hear more from Mark, just uh, tune into the Howie Games podcast. It'll be all, you'll be all over it like a rash. Good on you, Mark. Good on you, mate. Stay safe. Thanks for having me on. I reckon Mitch Marsh might just go bang. Oh, here comes Daryl Mitchell. You wait. You wait. <laughs> Sit down.